G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, on Fridays, we like to connect with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg. He's asking an important question this week that highlights the changes that have happened in the way we think about the modern world. Would we still try to build things like cathedrals today? Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Always great to be with you. Hey, Bill, when you think of some of the masterpieces of architecture that you think of around the world in some of those great cathedrals, uh, it's hard to comprehend, isn't it, that some of them took hundreds of years to build. Uh, It's just amazing. Let your imagination run wild. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, given that the technologies, right, the machinery, the computer, uh, Everything we have now to make skyscrapers in, what, five years or whatever it takes. Um, They didn't have much of that uh, a thousand years ago. The great Gothic cathedrals, uh, people planned them, obviously, and tried to figure out what they wanted. And then, yeah, it took centuries to actually build some of these massive structures. Uh, I believe the Cologne Cathedral in Germany, which I've seen a few times, took something like 620 years to finally complete. There is one, as I mentioned in a recent piece in Spain, Barcelona, been going for, it's still, they're working on it, 150 years, hopefully done in the next few decades. So, uh, Oh, that's pretty amazing, given, you know, what they had to work with or didn't have a long time ago. As you say, uh, modern technology gives us abilities to plan things and construct things in a significant way. And, uh, you know, all of the modern equipment that we use in a building process obviously makes that a whole lot easier. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny to reflect on your great, 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 great grandparents who might have started the work on a cathedral that you might be actually working on and you might be thinking that your great-great-grandchildren might be the ones to finish it. Hey, let's talk about the way we see the world because they were clearly dealing with a different set of thoughts to what we do. And I know that in your latest article, uh, you talk about a gloomy way of seeing the world or a gloomy worldview versus an optimistic and a hopeful view. Uh, How do you think we think about those things today? Yeah, well, two kind of aspects. One, just uh, people in general and your perspective on life. And then we'll probably have to look at eschatology at some point. That may uh, influence the way we go. But certainly uh, individuals like nations, as I try to point out in my piece, uh, if you have hope, a sense of meaning and purpose, a reason to live, you're much more likely to live instead of just caving in and giving up. I think uh, some readers know of uh, Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, his book about his time in the concentration camps, right? And that's what he said. Those who had hope and a sense of purpose could bear up even in those horrible conditions, but those who didn't often didn't last very long. 
And many have said nations and cultures can be the same. If a culture loses hope, if it, well, if it becomes more secular, loses its religious faith, it can uh, have less reason to want to keep going. So people have talked about, let's not just study geopolitics, we should study theopolitics, right? Look at the faith of a people, of a nation, look at the religious component, and that can tell you a bit about how it may proceed. Well, interesting, the geopolitics versus the theopolitics, because we'll often uh, talk, even on this program, about having a Judeo-Christian worldview. The Judeo bit relates to an Old Testament, uh, the Christian bit relates to a New Testament, and the way we uh, immerse ourselves in that creates in us a view of the world. And uh, so it's not just a bit of nice theory, Bill, uh, but real practical ramifications, not only for individuals and for families and communities, but actually for whole nations. Yep. Uh, Research, books. I mean, I quote both in my recent piece. Um, Well, uh, fertility rates, you know, it's simply one measure of how you're doing. If you stop having babies... Right. That could indicate something. And in fact, just moments ago on uh, Facebook, I think I saw uh, research about those who are still having a lot of babies. Islam leads the list, followed by Christianity and I think Judaism. And then it goes down from there. So we know that, well, generally speaking, secular people, those who are uh, not so Uh, much of a view of certainly this life and the next life, uh, they tend to have less kids. So nations that are more secular, as we say, you can see it, you can measure it in the declining fertility rates. So again, individuals and nations, we can get some sorts of measurements here. If you don't have a good view of the future, you think, you know, what's, what's the use? In fact, we have all the gloom and doom, right? Uh, whether it's overpopulation or, you know, another virus is going to come or climate change in all its various forms. A lot of people are so terrorized by some of these scenarios that, again, they think, what's the point of bringing family, children into the world? It's, it's just getting too bad. Whereas a Christian, of course, and the Jew, we both believe there is a God who's in control. He's uh, our, our days are numbered. Our calendar is numbered. Uh, we got a job to do until he comes, but uh, he'll come at the right time. And, you know, looking at the world is not what we should do. We should look at the God who created the world. As you say, as Christians, uh, we ought to have an optimistic view of the world because we know that God has a plan and he's in charge. But because we're so influenced by the secular types of things that we're impacted by, even bombarded with, we can tend to have all of those sorts of same fears and worries as an ordinary person who's secularized and doesn't even believe in God. Um, there is something here for Christians because you've got to be you've got to be very intentional about not being secular, but actually being someone who is submitted to and understanding that God has purposes and that gives optimism for our lives. What are your thoughts just quickly on that? Because it is a different way of thinking. As Christians, we think differently. Yeah, well, we should. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you know, too often, as you say, we do simply follow the world, take all their concerns, their worldview, their fears, and so on. 
instead of letting God and Scripture formulate and determine the way we look at things. So, yeah, we should be different. Uh, we should be more optimistic. Now, perhaps if time permits, we can look at things like eschatology, which there are differing views about the end times. But even there, even if you think Christ is coming tomorrow, well, my fave right passage in the Gospels, Jesus said, occupy till I come, right? Maybe he'll come before this interview is finished. Maybe not. Uh, we will keep working as if, you know, we'll finish the interview, and probably that's a good plan. Uh, so would he come in a week, a month, a year, a decade, a century? We don't know. Jesus said you wouldn't know exactly. So in that sense, we keep working. We keep doing the work of the kingdom, sharing the faith, being salt and light. So again, even regardless of your end times views, we should have a view that's different from the world. It should be more optimistic, more uh, you know, encouraging, we can look ahead. Uh, we may not know who the future as the song goes, but we know who holds the future. So that really does make all the difference. I'm just reflecting back to our conversation last week. We were talking about something a little bit similar in the way that our eschatology affects the way we think about uh, the world, uh, the history of the world and how that history is, you know, you can put it in some sort of a timeline and uh, our eschatology, you know, if you're a dispensationalist, you have a certain timeline view. If you're a covenantalist, you have a certain view of what happens in the end times. Uh, but come back to this eschatology because this is important because Christians, we're exposed to teaching about the end times or the history of the world. It's coming from the pulpit in our local church. Your pastor will have a particular view that they present, uh, but it depends on which view you're holding to that might actually give you an optimism or it actually might make you gloomy. Uh, come yeah. back to this, Bill. What were you saying? Your end times perspective can affect your hope and your optimism for the future. Yeah, well, it can. Uh, need not necessarily, but it often does. Uh, you mentioned some camps. Another way is the well, if, if you're not up on all this, don't worry too much, but many re listeners might be. But the, the whole idea of the millennium, this thousand-year reign, uh, is the scenario things get worse and worse. Christ comes, has the thousand years, and then the end comes. Or is there a sense in which maybe there's kind of a progressive, you know, Sultan-like evangelism where slowly, not fully, but slowly having an impact around the world. So partly depending on your point of view of the millennium, that can determine if you're a bit more pessimistic or optimistic. As you know, there's various options. Some talk about pan-millennialism, right? Everything will pan out in the end. <laughs> yep. um, one guy who's actually post-mail said he's an opt-millennialist, right? He's optimistic because he knows about God. But again, having said all this, as I write my recent piece, uh, think of two of the great evangelical Christians in England uh, going back a few hundred years, both up to their ears in social reform, right, making society a better place. One was Lord Shaftesbury, right, uh, and one was William Wilberforce. Uh, interesting, they had quite different uh, theologies or views of the millennium. They still worked full, uh, you know, fully for the changing society, getting people saved. But Lord Shaftesbury was pre-mill, Wilberforce post-mill. So there you go. You can you can have quite different 
views of the end times and yet still know, hey, I've got a job to do. God's called me to be salt and light. I won't use perhaps a faulty view of eschatology as a means of, you know, just opting out and, you know, got my feet packed, uh, my bags packed, my feet up, you know, waiting for a rapture or whatever. Well, you know, even if you are waiting, you got work to do until that happens. So, I think that's probably a, a balanced way of looking at it, some of these things. In the current set of circumstances that we find ourselves in and looking at events unfolding, say, in the Middle East, uh, these sorts of things can fall into yeah. our understanding of what's happening in what might be uh, the end times. And we might all have an imminent expectation of Jesus' return. Uh, there might be doubts that we'll have about that. And is this really real? Am I seeing this on TV? And is this aligned with the Bible? All of those sorts of things. But come back to just having a view of the end times, getting your eschatology right, because... Uh, there'll be a, a way that your convictions are formed because of your optimism for the future or whether you've got a gloomy outlook, uh, outlook for the future. Because if you have a, an optimistic outlook, you might be thinking, I could build a cathedral. Uh, it might take 600 years. Uh, if you have a gloomy outlook, you'll say, there's no way we'd do anything that's going to take longer than a year. Uh, thoughts here, Bill, because, you know, um, people of older times, we might think, had convictions Mm. Um, and I know you quote in your article a German poet, Heinrich Hein, who says people in old times had convictions. We moderns only have opinions. Uh, so going from opinion to having conviction, does what we believe about the end times actually affect that, do you think? Well, again, it can. And again, if we had a lot of time, some people would say the early church was mostly pre-mill which is more or less true, but certainly by the time of uh, the Gothic cathedrals, things that really moved to post-mill or ah-mill. Uh, and, you know, we're not saying one view will lead to the construction of cathedrals, the others won't, but different ways of looking at things may impact how we do things. Uh, a common phrase we hear often today about this very thing is, right, you don't waste time uh, rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, right? You know, if you're convinced fully, we're going down the tubes any day now, culture is doomed, the world's going to end next week. Well, yeah, well, then you probably wouldn't start a cathedral project. Uh, but the question is whether that's correct. I mean, hate to say it, for 2,000 years, Christians have been saying this is the end or Surely now the Lord's coming, or surely uh, the prophetic clock has reached the end, uh, right? This is the Antichrist, so, you know, plenty of false uh, predictions. So we just have to be a bit careful there, yeah? Israel becoming a nation, that can well be significant, but, well, still, Jesus said, you won't know the day or the hour, uh, you know. People will be carrying on like normal, and then all of a sudden, he's back. So in that light, I guess we can, uh, sure, have hope that the Lord's return is soon. I pray for it every day, but in case it isn't, again, we have work to do, so don't let your theology uh, make you less than the salt and light you're supposed to be. So for the person who's saying, I want to have the optimistic view that says, yes, we can make 
a difference uh, that might affect uh, not only your uh, attention to a great commission going into all the world and preaching the gospel and making disciples of all nations, uh, but it also might have to do with, uh, you know, the the cultural commission too of uh, being yeah. salt and light and making a difference wherever you are. So yep. there's something in this that somehow or other, if you've got a gloomy view, maybe is this a, is this a place where you say, well, let me just check a few things. I'll check my view of the world. I'll compare that to where my eschatology might be right now. And and is there a way, Bill, do you think you can make an adjustment? Yep, yep. <clears throat> well, I just did a week of meetings in Perth. Uh, just came back and, you know, always get asked, right, I'll give a talk, culture wars, whatever. Well, Bill, what can we do? Right? And what, how do, you know, and I always say the sky's the limit. The other side, right, secular left, they have the long-term big picture in mind. We often don't. I say, you know, you signed a petition last year on abortion, so you think you've done your bit. Well, not quite. That's not going to solve our problems. It's, it's a start. So I say, well, some of you, you might, you're young, become a doctor, right? Do what, I don't know, 12, 14 years to study to become a doctor, but we need Christian doctors, right? Go to school, become a lawyer, uh, journalist, politician. All that is kind of long-term stuff. If you're thinking only about tomorrow, you probably won't think and act in those ways. But uh, again, Jesus himself, right? He, he made it clear. Um, some things, as you mentioned, evangelism. He said the gospel must first be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. So that's kind of a sign. And if that's an indication, I think we got a lot of work to do because I'm pretty sure not every people group, language group so far has heard the gospel. So again, in that sense, we got to look at the bigger picture. There is a bigger picture to look at. And for listeners, you might want to check out one of Bill's latest articles we've been talking about today. Uh, Would we still try to build things like cathedrals today? You can find that article at BillMuhlenberg.com. You can simply Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill Muhlenberg, always good getting your update. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thanks again. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 